live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. It's off the corner. Watch there by Croft. Into the end zone. A Jets touchdown on the game opening drive. First and goal. To the end zone. And it is held for the touchdown. Hooper. Hand off to Moore. Back to Crowder. They got the two to the quarterback, White. And they lead by three. It's time for Cofield and Company. With Steve Cofield and Willie Ramirez. On ESPN Las Vegas. Hour three is here. We're getting ready for Monday Night Football. You hear some Jets highlights, some Cowboys highlights. Can't say enough to the NFL. Um, please stop scheduling these New York teams on primetime games. Like, it's not as if they've just started sucking the Jets and the Giants. They've both been terrible for a while. Am I wrong? Did I hear earlier this year when the first clunker that was scheduled, huh? don't each team have to contractually be scheduled for Thursday, Sunday, or Monday night? I didn't know that. Is that right? Are you I, saying New York teams or in general? Each NFL no, team I, at least once. Is I that think, right? I Everyone think, has to get a primetime game? I I'm believe, not sure about that. Seems I, like some teams are never on primetime. I thought I read that. Do they I count heard. Sunday at uh, at six o'clock our time as primetime? ISO game, London. There's your primetime game, Jags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although the Jags had Jags a primetime game. Yeah. 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 It's uh, hey, whatever. We're we're the equalizer here. The numbers are the equalizer. I'm I'm on the game. I'm on the Giants plus ten and a half. Uh, that said, I know it's a very dangerous bet because the Giants are. Well, well, they, they've been pretty good ATS on the road, but man, they are so wildly inconsistent. They're so beat up. I also feel like they're a team that's on the precipice of just freaking. Falling off the cliff. All right, big five time. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four. Number five. So, contrary to, it's a very common misperception about moi. I like holidays. I like all the holidays. Uh, Valentine's Day, eh. uh, but I like all the holidays. You're not a Grinch. I love Christmas, love Thanksgiving, and I like Halloween. And this show is a very anti-fun, anti-getting-dressed-up, anti-festivity, which means it's anti-Halloween. You're new to the show as a regular. Yeah. I didn't see hardly any social media from anyone else. And I know it was a sports weekend, but I already forget it. I'm sure he's afraid he's an eternal lockdowner, so he ain't going anywhere for Halloween. Uh, You? Are you anti-Halloween? You just forgot? You're out of time? What's going on? I'm not anti, like, I just, I'm against it. It's just that, to me, Halloween is a kid's holiday. No, nah, not anymore. We took it over. Okay. Well. We've appropriated <laughs> their holiday. You know what? They get the I, candy for a couple hours. Listen, and get back get, get back inside and let the adults get all hammered and dress up. Yeah, but I don't drink. And let everyone get all I purposely, sexy. I mean, not our gender. I purposely yesterday waited until the sun was going down to put the puppy in the corral and hit the gym for two and a half hours. So the peak hours of, of trick you or treat. You didn't give out candy at all. Oh. Man. I, now, I did stop at the grocery store on what the way home. I stopped at the grocery store on the way home, and I went down the Halloween aisle. I figured, here's what I would – this is God's honest truth. I was going to buy a bag of Halloween candy just in case, and whatever was left over – and I was going to text you and say, hey, by the way, all leftover candy. And I was going to bring a bowl and put it on the table for the girls or the people. But That's what I should have done. We had, when a, lot I got we had to, a lot of candy left over. When I got to the grocery store, 
everything was empty except. I heard. I saw. Candy canes for Christmas. Yep. Here we go. It's here. I saw a great line. I put that. I put that same. Uh, the tweet that I put. I put the same thing on. Which of course, but I put hashtag ba. Short for Bah Humbug on Facebook, just to get under people's skin. We're now skin. doing short. Just to put, sure. We can't even do a full Bah Humbug. Now <laughs> just, we're doing short. That's, under, that's, a, that's a Cofield and Company move right there. Just to get under people's skin. Um, but I saw a great line and said, come on now, everybody. I said, I just want to set my table, my dining room table. I'll tell you what I enjoy doing. I enjoy pulling down the, the big bin and decorating the die. I got a really nice, expensive dining room table with the, the place settings and the and the wine glasses and the special plates for Thanksgiving. Tradition, tradition. Then I pull it out and do Christmas. Right. And I said, I said, hey, I just want to set my t-. and some a young lady said, everybody knows Thanksgiving's a meal, but Christmas is a season. I never heard that. It's pretty good. I think they're both a season. I think it started. So my my holiday season stuff. Yeah. Is coming out in the next couple of days. I will start building the whole thing. So, but, uh, but Halloween, I was I was sad on a couple of fronts. One, no there were hardly any kids trick or treating. Yeah. Uh, hardly any. We bought a lot of candy. We were COVID. left with a bunch. So that was kind of sucky. And then I was disappointed to see no one on the show. Nothing. No costumes. Nothing. I uh, I went with the easiest costume possible. I went out as John Gruden. So you know, I just I got the visor. I got a really bad blonde wig. I had the Raiders uh, golf shirt type thing. You weren't um, throwing derogatory. I even had a play card. Well, you know what? My plan was oh. to go with derogatory comments all night long. But then I was like, well, <laughs> like I do have a little bit of presence. I'm not a celebrity, but just in case you're a public figure. I will. T- I I crap you not. I. Ch- what happens is you forget. Like all people know, most people what they know about Gruden is that he got we'll call it canceled for emails but they don't know what was in the emails right so i was just going to make like rude comments to everyone based on the emails but no one read the emails so we go into a bar before we go to a party right i got my gruden get up on and i think first of all the bartender didn't even know who it was like it wasn't she didn't know it was john gruden and i was i was trying to be funny right but i try to i go too hardcore she walks up, and I was trying to go off with the whole Gruden thing where he's like, female referees, ugh, you know. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I want female referees. And I looked at her, and I'm like, listen, uh, do you have a male bartender? Because I don't like being served by female bartenders. Oh. Like, totally in the Gruden camp. No, I don't think he does that. But, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she looked yeah. at me. She's like, um, and she points to a guy. And I'm like, no, I'm kidding. I'm like, you don't have to give me a guy bartender. You it know. It was a joke. And I tried to explain it to her, the whole thing. And she's like, yeah, I don't get it. Basically, she's like, you're an idiot. Here's your drink. It's a, it's a good thing you explain yourself because you know what's going to end up. You're uh, going to end up. I could have been in big trouble. You could have had Visine in your drinks. You know I know. I know. It was a, it was a uh, small bar, so I could see her pour the drink within yeah, but- view. So my my material my material did not work. I will tell you that I went to a party, a very diverse party. The neighbors were having a big party. The neighbors are African-American, and most of their party were African-American. I walked in there, and, man, people went crazy. Oh, yeah. They went crazy, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the emails. I apologize. Like, everyone was, it was, they were having a hoot. They loved it. It was great. Of course. So, so if you know where Gruden hit home, maybe not with women. You know what would have been great? You know what would have been great? Except, I, I don't I'm know. I'm so sorry about my emails. I if didn't you, mean it. If you had a I clo- didn't mean it. If you had a close friend that could have yeah. went with you, could have went as Demora Smith. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that would be a little too hardcore. They barely, a lot of people barely knew I was Gruden. I had the headsets on too, though. Oh. I thought that worked. I had some radio headsets. Sure, it was pretty decent. 
I kind of took a couple of pictures. I tried. I tell you that that Gruden scowl, that ain't easy to do. No. I tried. Only our good friend Frank Caliendo could pull that off. Caliendo pretty good at it. So I there text, you go. I, 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 I thought it was a somewhat successful Halloween. Top four stories. Number four. Didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. Are there teams in the NFL that don't have a salary cap? What, what is, or is the league playing by one set of rules and the Rams are like, salary cap? But how do they get Von Miller today? The Rams are the, the Dodgers and the Yankees of the NFL. And they're also like, draft? What draft? No problem. Who cares? Yeah, no, they really? trade a second and a third round pick for next year. It's actually a pretty good haul for Von Miller. Rams have Von Miller now. To an immediate impact player, a captain, a leader, a guy who's going to add to a statistic that they already dominate in. Yep. I mean, I would have loved to have been in the front office of either in San Francisco, Seattle, or Glendale. Right? You just asked our good buddy DJ Campbell about the Cardinals. Can you imagine what they could be, what they're what's going through the minds of those guys? Give me a little Von Miller. They they caught him. This is the the other part of this. It's weird. Is it? Kind of a very unceremonious ending yeah. to his career in Denver. They just find him leaving in a car, and he makes a couple comments. I had a lot of beautiful years here. Uh, had a lot of great memories here. A lot of great teammates. A lot of great coaches. A lot of great fans. So, you know, I never forget all of those people going through. So it was, it was a surprise. You know, you see the you see the stuff in the media every year for the last four years. You know, you've seen it, but you never you know, know it's hard to just. Grip reality sometimes. You know, this team they go they go they're gonna start winning soon and we got a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches here. The staff is amazing and wow. you know, I wanted to be a part of it to fix it. You know, you just gotta keep moving. There you go. It's a business and uh Vaughn is very classy and uh, he's pretty good fibber. They're they're not the Broncos aren't going anywhere anytime soon. No, good on the, the media that was right there when he left the facility and jumped in the car. You hear the cars drive by. I've been to that facility uh actually to uh to see our buddy Vernon Fox when he was still in the league and went up in Inglewood. So, um, you know, with the cars driving by and everything, they happened to catch him. And for him to stop, roll down the window, if you've seen the video, it's on Twitter. I think I retweeted it from uh, from our AP guy. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's not going to hold – it's not like he's going to hold an exit press conference. He'll, he'll do something down there, I'm sure, in L.A. once he gets there and strengthens that defense. So on the Rams side of thing, I saw a lot of the cap is not real – Others are like, the Rams' day of reckoning will be severe. They better hope they do some serious damage in the next couple of years. When is it coming? We've been hearing this for like four years, the day of reckoning. Oh, they're selling out for everything. They got to win right now. They keep winning. So what? what's the deal with the rules here? Is there a cap or not? How do they, how do they get around the cap? And other teams are like, sorry, no flexibility. Can't do it. I don't know. I mean, good answer. <laughs> I, I, don't. I, I don't know. And then, and then I don't the think other, anybody else knows. And then the other thing is, they continue to get productive players later in the draft because they almost never have first, second, and third round picks. So that's another thing. You want to talk about putting pressure on Les Snead, your GM, and McVay in terms of judging personnel? Like, you don't ever have early picks. And then, you know, when they do, they get bad luck with a you know, guy like Cam Akers and he's out for the season. So, hey, it's different. And maybe there's going to be more teams like this, like the Rams, who are good, who are like, yeah, we're not worried about picking, you know, 28th, 60th, 90th, we're going to go get players who can help us now. L.A. Rams total cap liabilities, $181 million, $193,089. They're, you know what? They still have 5, 5.3 in cap space. I know. How is that even possible? 
with all the stars and they then, have on the And team. I'm sitting here looking at the dead money that they have. They've got $40.9 million in dead money. Oh, Jared Goff? Sure. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Leonard Floyd, Michael Brockers all making at least two point six mil or wow. more. Number three. I'll give the guy credit. I don't trust him still. Ari? But that was a hell of a win by Mike McCarthy. Oh, that you're and, talking about Ari. And Cooper Rush. You gotta be feeling good about where you're at right now with the Cowboys. I I know this is going to sound homerish, fanish, whatever. I was not even concerned going into the game. Now, watching the game, obviously, it's coming down. You're sweating it, but going in, I just I thought that it would they would rally around the kid, and I thought that Zeke would you know they turn around based on. I said this at the beginning of the show: Vikings defense, they're rushing D, and uh, and that Dallas's defense would step up, and and it did. Now, did I think it would play out the way that it did? Absolutely not. But I made I, a I made a bet with a Cowboys fan. He was flying high one night, and the bet was over under Cowboys wins. He started talking about like how few games are going to lose, and I'm like, all right, let's set a new number for Cowboys wins. And it was like three weeks ago. We set it at twelve and a half. I, think I, remember I had that. the under. I'm like, this. Yeah. I just fleeced this guy. I, I feel bad, the number I got. Now I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Supposed to lose that game last night. Cooper Rush. Come on, Vikings. You know, the other side, I, I, I don't know what's happening with Mike Zimmer, but they have been remarkably average now going back to last year. Their defense is not what it used to be, and I know they got old on D last year and they mixed in a lot of new guys. They were supposed to bounce back this year. They haven't been great. And then a game like yesterday, all the talk was, hey, we're just going to freaking load the box. The entire game, and then they loaded the box less than like twenty percent of the time, and the Cowboys were able to have a balanced attack. Yeah, that's the Vikings. That's been that's been in a sense the thorn is that the poor decisions in critical situations or in situations in which the writing's on the wall, and it's it's why Minnesota hits sort of a, a dead end. Well, I saw someone last night talking about the Vikings are in purple. Purgatory? Purple purgatory. Not easy to say. Purple purgatory. Because they're, they're never bad enough to do a, a total teardown, but they're never good enough to really be a Super Bowl contender. Not a great position to be in. No. I, I think back. When's the last time that you actually thought that the Vikings were legitimate? Was it when Brett Favre was a quarterback? It's been a long time. And with Kirk Cousins, like, I'm, I'm probably a little higher on Kirk Cousins than others, but, I mean, without an awesome defense, you know, when they were really contenders – Without an awesome defense, they're just they're, they really are a mediocre franchise right now. Top two stories. Number two. All right, this is a game you have to win, right? The number is set. Raiders three at the Giants. Giants will play tonight. If the Giants get blown off the field, then that three, I'm guessing, will go. I think it'll go the other way. I think it'll jump off a three. I think I, my guess is there's a better chance. It seems like the Sharps are still not on board with the Raiders. I mean, based on the betting with the Eagles game, right? That thing shot down. Down to like one, one and a half yeah. uh, before the game at one point. Where do you see the money coming in? If the Giants are respectable tonight, is is more of the money going to be on the Giants side? And this number comes off a of three, and we see like two and a half, two. If the Giants are respectable tonight and lose, I think the number just kind of. I think you're going to see a even even money. If the Giants are blown out. I think what you're going to see is Las Vegas public fan money drive that number a little bit. 
and then the sharps are going to buy it back because the giant because it's going to be the sucker play where everything you're going to you're going to go off the eye test from the last game. Oh, the Raiders are off a bye. The Giants just got hammered by the Chiefs. Well, the Giants are at home. The Raiders could come in flat. I know some of the Raiders were traveling, enjoying themselves during the off week. I know that for a fact. So I mean, um, I don't know if the wrong side is favored. I've heard several things. I know Adam made mention. Adam Hill made mention that he thought the Giants could have been. So now that was last week. Um, he could have seen them maybe as a one-point favorite or a pick'em game, but I think the number is okay. I think it's a fair well, number. The look ahead at the loop, the look ahead at Superbook last week was three Raiders three. They were favored the entire. Right. Time. I mean, if you want to go back, you know, a month and a half maybe. Then the Raiders no, may, have been, it, may have been getting a but point. But there's going to be an adjusted number, and the play and the books are going to, you know, obviously they put the number up. But the the sharps, as you mentioned, they, I mean, they they set the tone. They, you know, they 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 let you know. They put the market out there. So I uh, I think the number's fair, and I think that this this is the Raiders' game to lose. I think that they don't have any reason to come out flat. It's a matter of whether their head's in the right spot, and you know, and and they've had time to heal. Who's going to come back healthy? And, and, you know, they come off of two fantastic performances. So, Number one. What is going to be the problem if there is one at the Giants? Is it a dinged-up run game that has been spotty, productive at times, not so productive at others? Is that is that the downfall in the, we'll call it the second half, even though there's ten games left yeah, versus think, the seven played? Well, I think I don't necessarily want to say that the, oh, it's, it's still a weakness, but – it's only been two games that we've seen this offensive line. Okay, so I think that that still has to be – I, you know, I, I have to wonder if they were playing on momentum, feeding off of everything that went down. And now they've had time – we heard Derek Carr say this. He said, hey, I, we haven't had even time to process this. So that's a scary comment in answering Adam Hill's question that, well, okay, so what happens when you do take the week off to process it not just Derek Carr, the voice of the locker room, but Andre James, Alex Leatherwood, right? The black leaders in that locker room, okay? And, yes, the man that made those comments is gone, but George sort of to let everything settle in now and, and, and process and sort of wind down mentally and come down from that. Can you get yourself back up to an angry high that you came in to that uh, – that Broncos game and then the Eagles game. The rushing game, not good. It's in the bottom half, bottom five of the league, and it has to improve. Kenyon Drake has stepped up. He's doing what he was brought in to do, catch the ball out of the backfield, provide balance between rushing and receiving. He's not putting up gaudy numbers per se, but he's coming up with big plays. He's making things happen. He's providing Derek Carr with an option to have balance. Um, but they have to get healthy, and they definitely have to get better in that rushing game down the stretch because at some point, just as we said about the Chargers, teams are going to start figuring out, Greg Olson, what that play calling is about. They're going to start figuring out how Rich Passaccia is letting things. The only thing that's been consistent and I don't think will be disrupted, you've asked me this week after week, is that defense. And I think because you got a guy like Gus Bradley leading the charge and the leaders and veterans that are on that side. Yes, everything depends on the offense. And it goes back to the offensive line in the rushing game. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. And here is Nicholas Watt. Nick must score to keep the game going. 
The righty grabs the puck into the zone, right side. Fakes, couple of times, he scores! Beautiful backhander! Nicholas Watt keeps it going! You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Golden Knights back tomorrow as they head on a road trip. Early starts across the board, so a lot of 4 o'clock starts coming up this week. Toronto is the matchup. Did you see – well, first of all, injury news. Uh, The Knights could be without William Carlson for a while. Well, while we've been on the show, the coverage – on the NHL network a little bit ago while we had, I believe while we had Katie on, um, it brought up some like headlines and William Carlson was one of them across the board said expected to miss six weeks with a broken Oof. foot. Okay. Broken foot. Not good. That's two with broken feet. Sounds like patches is out for a long time. Same um, thing. Same thing. Broken foot. I, I, I can't understand the, the, whatever language they speak when it comes to injuries of the golden Knights, but I guess Nolan Patrick could be back sooner than later. Whatever that means. Um, Walking wounded right now. Walking wounded. And, you know, they got the, the ship righted a bit. This will be a tough road trip. I'm I, I I'm w- still very fascinated by a couple of storylines around this team. Okay. Uh, one, the fans. <laughs> um, did you see the tweet over the weekend? There was a uh, look like a couple both wearing flurry jerseys, but Blackhawks flurry jerseys to the game. No. Okay, that happened, which I'm, doesn't shock I'm me. I, exactly, exactly. I'm not shocked at all. I put the I put the story that I shared with you from the Chicago Sun Times. Ben Pope wrote because um, I had been messaging with him the last few weeks. Say, hey, have, have you gotten a one on one? He said, not yet. He hasn't really had made availability. Blah, 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 blah. So finally, he, he he obviously talked to him. I shared that story on the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Um, feed on twitter but i also shared it on my facebook and one person said i miss our flower another person said something else someone said thanks for ruining him golden knights truly not a hockey knowledge person that thinks that the golden knights ruined a legend and a hall of famer (laughs) in the making and i'm pretty sure all due respect and I, i i mean i feel bad for what he's going through especially off the ice steve where he didn't ask to be, you know, to he didn't know that all this was coming down. You got to, you got to think. You got a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, a presence in the locker room, a media favorite, a fan favorite, an adoring personality, and now all this stuff that's taking place with the Blackhawks, right? So he didn't. He's he's somewhat thrusted. He had nothing to do with it, but he's thrust in the middle of all this because he's going to be asked questions and his opinion. Um, he's still counting seven nil. Yeah, he's he's doing okay. <laughs> A uh, letter to the editor. This is from a Bart in the local paper. Okay. The magic of the first years of the Vegas Golden Knight franchise are long gone. That magical team is no longer. It is now just one of another bunch of win some, lose some teams that make up the league. Owner Bill Foley needs to step in and fire the head coach and general manager. This team is pathetic, and it is a reflection only of the offseason moves made by coaching and management. The fans were disgusted by the treatment of Marc-Andre Fleury and Ryan Reeves. Perhaps the fans know best. Disagree wholeheartedly with the whole thing. You disagree with Bart? 
I disagree with Bart. I mean, <sighs> unbelievable. The <laughs> okay. First Don't laugh. This is very serious. For People aren't showing up to the lower bowl because they're annoyed. They're, they're staging some kind of protest. Those are those we got Marshy saying after uh, a midweek win last week. I hope the fans are there to back us up. Those are season ticket holders that were already selling their tickets and they just can't sell them. They're by, by the way, which is also alarming that lower bowl fans aren't going. Are they? Are, are you sure they're just choosing not to sell them and that's their protest? Like we're going to eat the money because an empty seat sends a message, or they can't even they can't sell lower bowl tickets. I don't think on the secondary market. I do not think that the season ticket holders that are not going that are trying to sell them are trying to sell them in boycott. Are some of them mad and angry? Probably. Bart just but, told you. I think he reps a lot of people. You think he's the rep? You think he's the the fan rep? I think there's uh, the VGK. I'll say I'll say there's hundreds of fans like that. I I don't know if there's more than hundreds who would actually not go to a game that they paid for. But maybe, you know, maybe uh, the lower bowl is is has kind of converted to a lot of wine and cheese fans, and they're like, yeah, we're wealthy enough. If we don't feel like going, we're not going to go, and we're not even going to sell the tickets. Maybe Bart is the president of the VGKFA, the Vegas Golden Knights Fan Association. Just like there's a players' association, maybe he's the the, the rat. Is there actually a fan association? No. Okay. But there sure? are but there are some radical, crazy fan pages on social media, I've especially heard that. Facebook. The, the VGK ladies don't mess with them, man. But uh, no, you're not going to go fire the head coach and the general manager. Um, the team is pathetic and is a reflection only of the offseason moves made by coaching and management. Really? You don't think that it has to do with the oh. onslaught of injuries that this team has suffered? What injuries? Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, oh, okay. now William Carlson. Barton does not care about injuries. No. Excuses, my he friend. He cares that the fact of the matter is that Marc-Andre Fleury and Ryan Reeves are now playing in Chicago and Manhattan, and the Rangers are doing pretty good under Gerard Gallant's guidance, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I get it, fans, but, you know, I got news for you. Pro sports organizations don't necessarily operate when it comes to transactions just for the fans. That's not how this works. And I've said it before, business is business. I, as a media member, cannot get caught up emotionally as from a fan standpoint. Marc-Andre Fleury and Ryan Reeves had great rapport with them in the locker room, had plenty of off-the-record conversations with both of them. Fantastic guys, fantastic family men. Reeves credited coming to Vegas for turning his life around in terms of just on and off the ice, changing his, his play. But I will say this again. If this team was undefeated right now, we would not be hearing this. And the fact of the matter is, the fans want one thing, and that's to win a Stanley Cup. Well, the Golden Knights have made it to the conference finals. Three out of four years, the Stanley Cup won. They lost all four. Mark andre Fleury was your starting goaltender in three of those four years. Eh. Maybe he wasn't getting it done. Maybe they didn't want to spend $7 million when they could spend five over a guy who's got a top save percentage over the last four years combined. Domestic drafts under 4 bucks and appetizers for $2, $4, and $6. All at Twin Peaks. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm 
in Las Vegas. All right, what are you going to do with all your leftover candy? Dino! What candy? I thought you said you had some candy. No. Are you paying attention when I speak? You said you were going going to bring fresh candy down here for the the women at Twin Peaks? I said when I went to the grocery store and I walked down that candy Oh, you couldn't get any candy. There was was none. The only thing that there was was the candy canes, the the Christmas candy stuff. I'm not buying candy just to buy candy. I was going to get it just in case we had trick-or-treaters, bring the leftover down here for the customers, for the girls. There was none. The only candy that I do have is in a freezer for December. Did you buy the Halloweeny hot dogs? No, I, no. That was up on social media. It was on social media. Black licorice hot dogs, and I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, man, I've, I've never seen those before, but boy, that sounds terrible. Yeah, and, and when I put it out there, it's like this can't be real. But just in case, so I threw it out there. This is unacceptable behavior. Was my tweet, and of course, it was a Halloween thing, so ah, they did it. But thought it was real. Nasty. Got a lot of response from it. Yeah. Just horrible. Did now? Did, are you a black licorice person? No, not at all. Nope. Terrible, right? It's awful. My you father. Know, my father's the only person I know who likes it. Now the Golden Knights. Part of the uh, snacks up at the media, they have Jelly Bellies, right? And I remember when they came when they first came out in the early '80s. The flavored jelly beans, and you put the different. If you turn over the box, always the worst. The different concoctions you can come up with. To put together, and then you chew it, and it comes. You know, the cinnamon with the with the with the caramel with the popcorn makes the caramel. Whenever I'm gonna tell you right now, sitting on press row, if I get a little cup of it and I pull it out, if it's a dark jelly bean, I put it aside. Everyone does, and then I have to shine the flashlight at the end when when that's all that's left from my cell phone, and I pull the brown and the grape, the, the chocolate and the grape, and then the black ones. No black licorice for me. No, 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 no. I'm not even a hot dog guy, let alone black licorice hot dogs. I am a hot dog guy, but that's the one way you can ruin a hot dog. Don't do it. There's only one way that I'm going to eat a hot dog, and that's going to be if I'm at Dodger Stadium. Okay. Hot links, yes. Hot dogs, no. Like the hot dog, uh, but like there's some of the media members. They'll hit. They'll they serve the nice breakfast when we get there, nine ten a.m. Right for the one o'clock kick. Some of the media members are right down to the hot dog bar ten fifteen, coming back with a couple. Uh, we were just talking about the Knights, okay. and just something hit me during the break, just to close this discussion of, you know, how the the lower bowl at times has been a little sparse. Okay. This is foolproof that we are on this show a little out of touch with fans. Like I actually pride myself on going out and listening to people, so I, I think, you know, of all of us, I think I'm in touch. I think you are to a certain extent. I was ripping Adam Hill, like, dude, you, you don't talk to average fans. The thing that really gets me with the if the there is a flurry, you know, whatever transaction, Ryan Reeves crowd that's you know discontented and are not going to the games. Yeah. I never thought that would happen. Like I knew people would be pissed off when Flurry was gone. But I was just thinking during a break, I'm like, I don't even know how like it's almost like they're surprised. Like we just write a, a letter to the editor. It's almost like they're surprised they're gone, and I don't understand how anyone could be surprised if Flurry is gone. Like we we talked about it incessantly that this, you know, this one final year of twelve million dollars in goalie salaries was going to be tolerated, and then Flurry was probably gone. But I think it also this goes back to something that we talk about on the show all the time, and really not me as as much as others that the the crowd at VGK games are VGK fans, but maybe not hockey and sports fans. 
Steve. Is that what it is? And I don't want to be mean, no. but the more I think about it, I'm like, we talked about Flurry yeah. not being on the team as a theme almost all of last season, and it sounds like a bunch of fans were like, I can't believe this happened. What do you mean you can't believe this happened? How many Giants, Jets, Eagles games did you go to as a kid? I don't know. A bunch of, a bunch of Jets. I didn't go very often to Eagles. NBA. And- yeah, so my, my my dad was good about it. He he took us a lot of games. And, you, and you, the thing is, I also, but I was also a junkie. So like, I grew up around sports radio. You I grew up in a poor it. sports town. Oh, losing sports town too. Yeah, I grew uh, in, up in, in, a, in a large way. You know, Yankees and Mets had they won. You know, maybe not not always World Series, but they won. I've been here since 1972. Yeah. So I I I mean when when when. When the new wave of Vegas people came, or the people that like to say that they are old school Vegas guys, but really didn't get here until 2000, right. they've been here for 21 years. Yeah. Uh, to them, the Golden Knights are just as new to me as they are to me. I know, but, but I figured most people who bought the tickets to the Knights were sports fans to begin with. They don't understand the concept that they think that this that the, that the Golden Knights are here, that the owners and everybody's here to to placate them. They don't understand that this is still new to them. Imagine what's going to happen when I this team def- actually loses yeah. a healthy roster and they lose. I want to defend fans here because I hate all of you guys saying they're you know they're stupid they're you know they're inexperienced. I don't like that, but uh, that is one thing that is kind of amazing to me that fans potentially are staying away in in the in the hundreds. I'm not saying it's you know it's the the, the, the fortress is freaking half full, but that hundreds of people are like, eh, you know, I'll go to a game, but if I don't want to go, I just won't go because I'm mad about flurry. It's like wow. Okay, okay. Uh, let's let's clarify real quick. And I'm not saying you're saying you just I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not, and I'm sure that the other media members were not calling the fans stupid. Uh, they act stupid, but they are inexperienced. And the fans that I do that I'm friends with, that a lot of the the Golden Knights fans or hockey fans, a lot of the East Coast guys, right? They understand the concept and what's going on. They still question. While we've been on this show, I have already gotten one text message that said, dude, WTF, and I know what she's talking about. They're season ticket holders. She is a big-time sports fan. Her father was on the original UNLV football team. She's talking about William Carlson. There are sports fans. There are hockey fans. There are people with the general concept that this is a business, but at the same token, there are people that still think, yes, that they're that upset, boycott, the trading flurry ruined this team. It ruined flurry. Trading, trading Ryan Reeves. We should be doing it. With, it's, that's not how it works. They do not sit. I got news for you. George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon, and if they decide to bring Peter DeBoer in on the decision making, that one kind of cracks me up. Where they think they really think that he pushes the button, he makes suggestions, or they tell him, they ask him. But I love how they, they made him the enemy. Now it's his fault. They, all these changes. They don't sit up in the boardroom and go, "Well, what do you think the fans would want?" Huh? They don't think that one bit. <laughs> all right. On the way back, we'll go through uh, our betting weekend. We'll look at best bets for tonight's game and also a quick look ahead at the NFL. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. Monday Night Football on the way. Willie's going to be here. For a little longer, giving out prizes to come on down. Here is Twin Peaks in Henderson. Twin Peaks on Eastern, just south of the of the 215. Listen, the number on the game is big. Raiders fans should be interested to see what the Chiefs look like. It's the Giants on the other side. The Giants play this year has been 
Very uneven. Uh, let's bring in some some energy to get us fired up. I think he's going to be really behind this game. It's Monday Night Football! Monday Night! The biggest game of the year! The best game to bet on! Listen, doesn't matter it's competitive. Oh, you're going to cover the spread. Are you going right. to win the sides? <laughs> he, win the he like, he, come on, Stu, Stu's screaming about the biggest game of the year! Doesn't matter, it's going to be competitive. Like, what, he like went, he was... At that crescendo and then realize, oh, crap, this isn't the biggest game of the year. Right. Well, the point spread makes it, man. It's a big game. You already know what I like. I told you Kansas City Chiefs in the first half is the best play. All right. We don't know what's going to take place. It could. This is a game that could go 34-24. It lands right on the number. But I like the Chiefs in the first half. Chiefs 6.5 minus 125. Yes. First half. Giants have scored two offensive touchdowns rushing, two offensive touchdowns passing, this entire season in the first half. Chiefs are going to want to come out roaring. You know, to my point earlier about how the Giants and Jets continue to get spots mm-hmm. on primetime when they're two of the four worst franchises over the last ten years, whatever, five years, in the National Football League, Daniel Jones has never won a game in primetime. He's 0-6. Right. I am, I am betting the Giants. I, I took the Giants plus 10.5. It's interesting, though, on the other side. Um, first of all, this notion that is this a must-win game for the Chiefs? No, because the Chiefs offensively can go on a run. Their defense ain't good. So I'm not going to say in a division where maybe the, the best a team could do is like 11 wins. If we think the Raiders can go past 11, then that's kind of dangerous. So that the Broncos are, Broncos are a 7 or 8 win team. Uh, I don't know what the Chargers are. I, I picked the Chargers to win 9 this year. I thought they were going to be better a couple weeks ago, and now – They've regressed to the mean. Do you think this is a must-win game because of the opponent? Like, hey, this is a winnable game. you got to win it. Yes, I do because they're what? They're 3-4. and four. They lose this. They're 3-5. and five. They're not going to go 9-0, and oh, okay? And you're playing a team on your field a week after you were humiliated in being held to three points. You have to respond against a team like this, and I think that you have to because just because of your own self-confidence. I don't think that you can lose this game on your field on primetime television. They go to New York. I see your point. They're at home on national TV, and they're in last place, and that defense has been questionable all season. Last week, it's the offense that gets shut down. You can't. You cannot lose this game. It's not a must win. Okay, let me let me clarify. It's not a must win in terms of where if they lose, they're, they're, then they're out of it. It's a must win in terms of just team morale and having to win this game to get your mind right. Am I going too far in saying that? In some ways, Arrowhead has turned into a liability uh, because we had several Chiefs players basically say the fans here are garbage at times. Now, I don't know if they mean in, in Arrowhead. Uh, I know there was something with uh, Honey Badger saying, like, suck a yeah. D or something, a while, yeah. uh, whatever it was, and then I guess Hitchens got into it, and then Honey Badger responded by saying the, the, the fans are toxic right now. Yes. You heard, you heard, by the way, you also heard the bite from Mahomes, um, like, hey, everything was, you know, whatever, sunshine and rainbows and puppies. Now, now it's, you know, it's a little bit tougher here. I wonder if all of them are like, what's with these fans? We gave them all these good times, and now they're turning on us? Well, hello, Golden Knights fans. I mean, the and, 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 and people always talked about Seattle Stadium. 
That Arrowhead Stadium, you know this, that's a loud stadium. That supposedly is the loudest stadium in the NFL. So if they're turning on them and they're used to having that, uh, you know, going in their favor, and now all of a sudden they're hearing what the other teams are so used to, it can be a little bit distracting, I'm sure. They don't is, like hearing uh, the boos. That is a spoiled fan base if they're turning on these guys. Give me a freaking break. Absolutely. Uh, betting this weekend, I really didn't do much in the NFL. Like I said, I have the Giants tonight plus 10.5. The only NFL spot I played was actually in-game. I, I, I've had a lot of lucky breaks. It's going to come back on me in the second half of the season. I actually had the Saints in-game, and that pick six got me the win. <laughs> which is, which is totally ridiculous. That should have been a loss, and you're, but I got it. You're right that every the law of averages in sports gambling, you, the, the, the key is to get those dang lucky wins like yep. that because, you know, you know how frustrating it can be when it's game after game, week after week, and you just look up and say, okay, I'm done. I'm never going to bet again. Yep. And they work against you. So the, the law of averages have to. It's the, the key is to get in on those good, those get, those games that you really feel and hit them. College football. I played Illinois minus a half against Rutgers. That was a loss. I played Michigan State plus four and a half. I said all week long, did I not? Michigan State plus the points, and they're going to win outright. They won outright. And Penn State plus 18 and a half. They lost by nine, so that was a win. And I also got very lucky. San Diego State and Fresno. San Diego State was big, was down big the entire game. I was, uh, went in game plus ten and a half. They had a score with a minute left to get the cover. So a couple of breaks this weekend. I know it's going to come back on me. My top play Saturday was Syracuse against Boston College. Wow. Got it done. That was a good one. 21-6. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about the Braves? Betting-wise, they in trouble? I don't think so. I have the Astros for the series at plus 145 and plus 195. I think it, I, I think that you're I think that you're in a good spot because if you if you have a nice piece on that, you can hedge out because you know you're going to get a plus price coming out of it. But I don't think that the Braves are necessarily in trouble. Um, it's just it's a matter of what the Astros do. The Braves just continue to prove that they can win on the road. Um, so I'm not necessarily counting them out, but they're in a very precarious position here because Astros bats come alive. It's trouble. Patio's open. Got 84 TVs around the joint. Twin Peaks on Eastern. Willie's here. He's giving out prizes. The girls are here. Make sure you ask for Haley. Ask for Lee. Come down. I got tickets. I got T-shirts. I'm going to be hanging out. Great food. Some of the best bar food in town. Appetizers. Select appetizers. Just two bucks, four bucks, and six bucks. You can get a big beer for a 22-ounce beer for under four bucks. And then there's a ton of drink specials beyond that. It's Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football.